It's time for JT the Brick. Big boy radio. And we're going balls out. Are you with me on this? Do me a favor and surprise me today. Shot down the field. Wide open Adams. Has it at the 20. 10 yard line. Goodbye. Touchdown Raiders. You can't say they're rebuilding with Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and Devontae. Down to five on the play clock. Gets the snap. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. Burst through the hole. 20. 25 30. He's off to the races. Here in Seattle, nobody's going to catch him. 25-20, 10, full game. JT the Brick. You don't bring in Jimmy Garoppolo if you're rebuilding. Oh, I'm going to bring get the silver and black back to where it should be. I am ready to go. Wake up this town. Did I miss anything? Call and let's see what you got. And now, woo, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we get rolling out of the gate on a big Monday. Well, hope everybody had a good weekend as we begin here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. and that Raiders mobile app, which I hope you tell your friends about it. Uh, The reason we have such a big radio show, I think it's a big show, is we have that Raiders mobile app and Raider fans can listen anywhere, anytime in the world, from London to Rome to Fort Lauderdale to Seattle to L.A. You can hear the show by just clipping on the Raiders mobile app, and it's free, and you know that already if you're listening, but a lot of other people don't. A lot of other people I talk to, I say, hey, man, give me your phone. Let me open up this app for you, and within a minute, I have the radio station pulled up for him. So please do that with others. It only grows our audience. It only gets us more Raider fans to listen in as we begin and we get rolling here. All right, I got a lot to get to today, and the monologue is not going to offend anybody, but I'm here to light some people up. So if, if this is too hardcore for you, turn the channel and go listen to those other shows that have like six co-hosts and talk about cheeseburgers. We're going to get into the running backs and the fullbacks in a little bit. I'll get to that. I told you for two months on this show that Jimmy Garoppolo was fine. I told you for two months on this show that Jimmy Garoppolo was fine. I was with him multiple times. I emceed events with him, and I told everybody on this show, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a trainer, but Jimmy G is fine. And Jimmy G walked into the facility yesterday, and he's fine. So many people got this wrong, I can't believe it. So many people spinned it around and stirred it up and wanted to make it dramatic He had an injury. He had nine to ten weeks to recover from what was already an injury that he was in recovery for to begin with. The Raiders did a little cleanup procedure, cleaned it up, and he had nine weeks from the procedure to be ready. People recover from broken arms and broken legs in that period of time. So Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be fine, but a lot of people didn't believe it. And, And the people in the national media who didn't believe it, I get it. They don't do their homework. They don't have any connections. They just read headlines, and they only know, you know, just the low-hanging fruit with the Raiders, which usually is inherently negative. It's negative with the Raiders. So instead of everybody saying, you know, I'm listening to JT, and I listen to Vinny, Bonsignor, and others, and, you know, it sounds like Jimmy's going to be fine, everybody listened to the background noise. And the background noise got a little bit louder. And everybody was worried, oh, if Jimmy G fails his physical, the Raiders could get out of the contract. Yeah, they could. There was language in the contract. Dave Ziegler's a really smart guy. When Jimmy Garoppolo came in from the 49ers, they did their physical with him, checked him out, decided that he was going to get this procedure so he'd be 100%, and everybody was calm and cool in the building, especially Dave Ziegler. But, again, there was a lot of background noise that he wouldn't play. And if he doesn't play with this team starting today, 
and if he gets injured, which I don't predict injuries, uh, then the Raiders are in trouble. The Raiders don't have the ability without Jimmy Garoppolo to play at a high level. They can compete. They can compete with Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. They could be okay, but they can't play and win at the level that we all want to live at and win at with the Raiders. So my problem is today in the monologue is that once again, I'm blaming Raider fans for letting this happen. I'm, I'm blaming the toxic Raider fans in your life that you can't get under control. They're loud, they're angry, they're negative, but they want to be a Raider fan when it's convenient for them. And what I mean, when the Raiders are winning, they're happy and they're calling into the show and life is good. When the Raiders are losing, they're pissed off, which you're allowed to be. But you can't be a Raider fan and not get behind your quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's healthy, past the physical, is ready to go, and he's ready to lead this team. Okay, I'm not here to say who should be a Raider fan better than not, because I came to this organization as a non-Raider fan. But I will tell you here that the Raider fans who stirred the pot with this crap, I pointed you out two months ago, I pointed you out a month ago, I pointed you out two weeks ago, I tell it to your face when I bump into you in a casino or a restaurant, relax, Jimmy G would be fine. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to Jimmy G in the preseason in camp. I don't know how much he's going to play. I'm hoping he doesn't get hurt. This guy's a hell of a quarterback. He's a winner. He's been on Mark Davis's radar for quite some time. I was with Mark Davis this weekend. He's a Jimmy G guy. And when you take a look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he's your quarterback, just like Jeff George was your quarterback, and Jamarcus Russell was your quarterback, and Rich Gannon and Ken Stabler and Jim Plunkett and Derek Carr. It should be called out throughout the Raider Nation today by JT the Brick in the third person that everybody should be lined up on my show wishing Jimmy Garoppolo well, backing him as the starting quarterback for the Silver and Black, and hoping that he stays healthy and plays well. Because if he does, the Raiders have a chance to shock everybody. Literally everybody. I watched a lot of television over the last couple of days. And when Jimmy G reported... All of a sudden, the coverage changed. The coverage changed. All of a sudden, a couple of analysts were starting to say, you know, the Raiders, Raiders could be pretty good with Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, you know, the Raiders and Devontae Adams and Jimmy G are going to get some work in training camp. Well, the Raiders, when they get Josh Jacobs, Devontae, and Jimmy G with Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro, they could be pretty good here. And it's because everything changed when Jimmy Garoppolo walked in the door the other day and he passed his physical, and now he's available to be the starting quarterback of your Las Vegas Raiders. I would wish that more people were positive in the month of July heading into August on the opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo to lead this team. He's won a lot of games. He's won four playoff games. He knows the position. He knows the system. And at times, he plays at a very, very high level. He's young. He's got plenty of years left. He seems to be tremendous in the locker room. He's a leader with all the teams he's played on in the past, and he's ready to roll. So who's with me on this? Or are you going to listen to that one toxic Raider fan that's always negative? The guy on your text thread saying, oh, he's going to get hurt by week three. The guy who says, I believe it when I see it. You can be that guy. You can be that guy, and you can call into this show. But I'm looking to see some of the fans who are leaders throughout the Raider Nation to sound off like they got a pair, be excited about Jimmy Garoppolo reporting, not on the pup list, 
100% ready to go to lead this team. Who are those people who are out there? Who are the people that want to start the beginning of training camp and have some positivity going? This isn't drinking the Kool-Aid and me saying, call in and say we're going to win 12 games, that we're going to the Super Bowl, but it's something very important that could hinge this entire season, all of the game broadcasts, the radio shows, all of our get-togethers, our radio remotes, our opportunities to have big events with the black hole and have a great time in our lives because the quarterback, if he wasn't available, we'd be close to screwed. And I'm not totally screwed, but in a situation when we wouldn't have quarterback one, if he didn't pass the physical, they could have cut him. They could have moved on from him, and we're looking to go to war with Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. And then every radio show is about fans saying, tank for Caleb Williams. The Raiders are going to only win four or five games. Vegas moves the total from six and a half, seven, down to four and a half and five because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't here. So I was in a pretty good mood when I saw Jimmy G show up at camp and I got the alert from the Raiders on Twitter. I knew it the whole time. I've been telling you it for two months, but the background chatter was almost too much for me to handle. I'm sick and tired of people who want people to get hurt. I'm sick and tired of people who don't think if you get healed from a surgery, you can't be 100%. Let's get behind this guy. Everyone around the country is against the Raiders. How could Raider fans be against the Raiders when their quarterback walked through the bleeping door of the building yesterday, thumbs up and ready to go? So let's get behind Jimmy G today. Let's welcome him to the Raider Nation. When you go out to training camp, if you have an opportunity to go to training camp, get behind Jimmy Garoppolo. He's your quarterback. Remember when Rich Gannon came here and no one even knew who Rich Gannon was? He was a journeyman from Kansas City and Minnesota, and he turned out to be one of the great Raider quarterbacks in Raider history in the regular season, postseason, had a rough Super Bowl, but he's part of the family. Jimmy Garoppolo is part of this Raider family. He loves it here. He wants to be a Raider. He wants to win. He's healthy. He's cleared to practice and begin training camp and practice on Wednesday. Someone get behind me and get behind this guy. And then if something changes down the road, then it will change. But as of today, today should be a celebration in the Raider Nation. And it should quiet down all the toxicity of the Raider fans who are just doom and gloom and looking for the worst. And some of it's not their fault. They're getting beaten down by the national media and others. This should be a day for the Raiders on their flagship radio station, which is live in Oakland, live in L.A., live in Vegas, to say, hey, man, I'm into this. Jimmy Garoppolo can help us win every game. There isn't a game on this schedule. At Buffalo, at Kansas City, is a tough game. There's not a game on the schedule where Jimmy Garoppolo with this offense doesn't give you the opportunity to win every bleeping game. There's not a game on this schedule against anybody. If Jimmy G's ready to go with this offense where you can't say to yourself, you know something, we can win this game. We can win this game. And if Jimmy G starts off 0-2 or 1-4, and and it doesn't start off right, then we got we to gotta move on and pivot, and we got to talk about what's going to happen next. But the team hasn't played a game yet. They haven't had a practice, and Garoppolo looks great. I'm hanging out with Garoppolo at the hockey game. I'm hanging out with him at the alumni dinner. He's fine. I go on the radio, and everybody's going crazy. He might not pass the physical. 
the hell are you listening to? Who are you getting this garbage from? We told you for two months he's fine. It was easy. Vinny Bonsignor told you. I told you. It was fine. We're not going to get everything right. I screw up five times a day before breakfast. But it was easy to see that Jimmy Garoppolo's timeline and the procedure he had to his foot would make him available most likely for training camp. And he is. 702-365-9200. So let's see if we can get one caller today going, hey, I'm a Raider fan. I'm a season ticket holder. Way to go, Jimmy. Great to see you healthy. Lead this team to a great season here. And kind of slow down all the negativity that's the outside noise, which shouldn't be coming in on the flagship station in July when the quarterback walked through the door yesterday with a big smile on his face like, yeah, I'm fine. What are you worried about? Yeah, great. I'll see you. I'm I'm going to work. It's time for the Raider fans to get behind their new quarterback. He's the best chance we have. I'm a season ticket holder. The best chance we have to win is Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's good to go. If that doesn't motivate you, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what does. Because there's not a lot of exciting news happening at the end of July. I just did a three-hour show before this show. I have a 60-second break between the show that just ended and this one. And there wasn't a lot to talk about. I'll be honest with you. Baseball trade deadline, Women's World Cup, uh, the British Open. We had an American winner. It's kind of a quiet time here. But Raiders training camp starts this week. And I think we should be excited about the opportunity to get behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And the best part about this Jimmy Garoppolo thing, at least for me, he's a really cool guy. Everybody likes him everywhere. And sometimes you get this Raider-on-Raider crime. It's like a crime on social media that for whatever reason you don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. You have no reason not to like Jimmy Garoppolo. You have the opportunity to be concerned that he might get hurt because he gets hurt a lot, but he just got cleared to play. And we're not predicting he's going to get hurt here anytime soon. So let's talk about what could be the upside today of Jimmy Garoppolo coming into camp on time to get the work done on the field with Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs not in the building. We all know why. Getting Michael Mayer working with protection patterns up front, working with Illuminor at right tackle and Colt Miller at left tackle, and being in the building trusting Josh McDaniel's playbook, which he was very successful with. You see, the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr, I call it a wash. If Derek has a better year than Jimmy Garoppolo, I won't be shocked. If Jimmy Garoppolo is more efficient than Derek in the system, I won't be shocked. But Jimmy's got to prove it. And Jimmy is going to have to prove it because there's a lot of detractors out there that don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. And I do. I think he's a very efficient quarterback. I think he knows the system well. I think he's a leader. I think he's a pro's pro. He's a captain. And he's exactly what this organization needs now. Because if he wasn't here, I'd be talking about next year's draft and how to get the next quarterback. I don't have to do that now. I can talk about Jimmy Garoppolo possibly having an outstanding season here. An outstanding season and trying to break down the monotony of Raider misery in July when there's no need for misery. Everybody should be in the pool. Everybody should be going to a movie like Barbie Oppenheimer. Everybody should be barbecuing with their friends and family. And we're going to count down to the Raiders on the road at Denver and the Raiders on the road at Buffalo and hope that Jimmy G can get one of those two games and come back to the Sunday night home opener against Pittsburgh and have the opportunity to win at home. 
That's my complete focus here in the preseason. Let's keep Jimmy Garoppolo healthy. Don't need to see him play a play in the preseason. Have him on the same page with Devontae. Get Josh back before the start of the season because he's on the franchise tag and start punching people in the face at the line of scrimmage with an offensive line that's back, intact from last year and did pretty well. In the addition of Tyree Wilson, who will come off the pup list, will be available at some point here, ready to come off the edge with Chandler Jones and Mad Max Crosby. And then maybe we get Marcus Peters' news today or tomorrow. You know, maybe we get news. I wanted to get that into the monologue also. I definitely want to see Marcus Peters uh, at some point available here because he would be the best player other than Max Crosby on the entire defense. So if Marcus Peters signs with the Raiders, and look, he could sign anywhere else. He might just be kicking the tires for money, or the Raiders might be able to have a done deal. Marcus Peters enters the huddle as the second-best player overall on defense to Max Crosby. So we got a starter who doesn't need to come off the field, who's been a great player, a three-time Pro Bowler, and that would be a Christmas present coming into the month of August. I'm hoping that happens here. I have no news on it happening today, but as soon as it does, you'll find it right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. All right, as Bobby's been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, I think we come to the most difficult category that we have here on the Raider Nation Radio all-time team. We move to running backs. Raider Nation, let's go, let's go. It's time for the Raiders Radio all-time Raiders team. The best of the best at every position. The greatest Raider team of all time. The Raiders Radio all-time Raiders team. Today's position, running back. Okay, this to me is the most difficult topic in our summer promotion for the Raider Nation Radio all-time team because of the definition of running back, fullback. We're doing three great running backs, honorable mentions, three fullbacks in honorable mentions. I am torn. I'm talking to Hall of Famer, Gold Jackets. I'm talking to former teammates of these guys. And it's the toughest category because a lot of guys played fullback but scored like running backs. And there was a lot of running backs here. I can go out six, seven deep at running back. And then I got three or four fullbacks who are really good and I can only take three of them. So when we look at this all-time team, and we look at Clem Daniels and Charlie Smith and Mark Van Egan and Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson and Marv Hubbard and Pete Banaszak and Frank Hawkins and John Ritchie, Marcel Reese. I mean, this is a deep, deep category. So for everybody out there, when you break this down and call in today and tomorrow, we have to get your three running backs, just three, and three fullbacks. And I think the fullback category is as deep as the running back category. Chris in West Oakland, whenever he's available, he starts us off on Monday. What's happening, Chris? Hey, JT. I'm actually going to concentrate on your monologue, if you don't mind, because I got a lot to say about the running backs and fullbacks. I don't want to. I know you're running up against it, so if it's okay, I'm going to call tomorrow mm-hmm. with those. But I wanted to hit your monologue, which is first off, I agree with much of what you said about the negativity, especially from the media. And I'll even give it to you myself. And you know my acumen as a Raider fan. I don't have to explain myself to everybody. You know my history. I was born into this. 47 years in Oakland, I missed a grand total of one game. So I don't have to explain myself to anybody. But I was critical of Jimmy Garoppolo when the Raiders signed him. 
I've been one of those. I think he's a game manager. I don't know that he can go toe-to-toe with the Mahomes and the Herberts. There's a big and – and, again, I've been critical of McDaniels, but as I've called your show as much as anybody, JT. I'm always respectful. I've never made it personal. And I think I, and I, think, um, I keep my criticism to, to a pretty good level to where it's, it's football-related. I never go over the edge. That being said, I never don't root for these guys. I want to root for – I want Jimmy Garoppolo to be healthy. I want him to play well. I want to be able to say, I was wrong about Josh McDaniels. You did not ride Tom Brady's coattails. There's a lot of Raider fans out there that I think want to see these guys fail. One, stupidly, I hear people say they want McDaniels to fail because he came from the Patriots. I've said it a million times. We don't have a rivalry with the Patriots. We got screwed on a snowy night 25 years ago, 23 years ago. That's it. I want to be wrong about him. I want to be able to call you in December and say, I was totally wrong about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not just a game manager. This guy can win games with his arm. He's going to make Devontae Adams, you know, a 1,500-yard, a, a 15 15-touchdown 15 receiver. I can't believe when I hear Raider fans say, I don't want him to fail. I don't want him to see because he was a 49er. That, to me, is just ludicrous and stupid. And while I've been critical, and I also think the Raiders' best chance to win isn't so much Garoppolo, this defense has to jump from 30th into at least the top 20, or I believe they have absolutely no chance to compete. So, oh, and one other thing about Marcus Peters, please sign this guy. The second Marcus Peters signs, one man will now have more career interceptions than any other Raider player on the defensive roster, secondary linebacker or whatever. So go get this guy because you know if nothing else, he's going to intercept you eight or nine balls a season. But finally, let me finish this about Jimmy Garoppolo, JT. I'm glad he's healthy. He's now my quarterback. I want to be wrong, and I want to be able to call you and say, hey, Jimmy G's G's the man. Jimmy G's the reason we're competing for a playoff spot. So while he may not have been my first choice, he's a Raider. He wears the silver and black. I'm totally behind you. Jimmy G, go get him, brother, because this Raider fan is firmly in your quarter because you're our guy now. And anybody that thinks otherwise and wants him to fail, they're not a true Raider fan, and they're basically a jackass. Thank you, my friend, for letting me call, and I'll call tomorrow with my running back. Thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll get into that tomorrow. Chris is going to have a pretty good idea about these running backs and fullbacks as we get going. Again, I'm not here to tell you that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to the Super Bowl. He's already been to a Super Bowl. He's won four playoff games. He knows the system. He's the leader. He's well-liked. He's healthy. Did I miss anything? The only thing that you think I missed is I should, st- I should say here on the radio as I'm an employee of the Raiders that he's eventually going to get hurt. I will not participate in that conversation. I will not get on my radio show and say, quote, Jimmy Garoppolo eventually will get hurt. You can do that as a fan, and me and you can go toe-to-toe on that, but I'm assuming that he's healthy, he's at 100%, and I'm hoping he doesn't get hurt. And if he doesn't get hurt, then I think we're going to be in a pretty good spot here because I think he's going to win games. If you got Jimmy Garoppolo starting games for you, the score should be 17-14 Raiders. Raiders down 21-20 to at the end of the third quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, down four, six points, going to win the game. We should not be getting blown out with Jimmy Garoppolo, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers. We shouldn't be getting blown out as the pundits are saying we're a four-win team, we're a five-win team. Some idiot today on TV radio had the Raiders in the lowest tier with the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. There's a level of disrespect 
that I don't want to say that I've never seen before. I've been doing this. This is my 25th year coming up. I've seen it before. But this year, there's a level of disrespect because the media doesn't know the roster. They don't know the draft picks. They don't know the additions on defense. They're not paying attention. They were all paying attention to Jimmy Garoppolo potentially getting hurt. And Jimmy Garoppolo's not hurt. So you're going to hear it change a little bit. Chris in Sacramento, as we look at running backs and fullbacks, can't wait to hear what you got. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> well, first thing I want to say about Garoppolo is, I, you know, to me, I, I know he's had success. I know he's uh, a good quarterback. But I was a car guy. And the reason I'm not thrilled about Garoppolo is I don't think we upgraded. And we didn't get anything for Carr. And I think Carr got a bad deal. Uh, half the Raider Nation would disagree, and it drives me nuts. But uh, I was I was excited to see what McDaniel's and Carr could do together, and apparently that you know didn't work out. But that's the only thing. I, I, of course, we want our starting quarterback to be healthy, and and I'm happy he is. So we're looking forward to, as we do every single year, Raider fans have hope going into the season, and we'll see what happens. Uh, saw Oppenheimer last night. It's a great movie, so if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, so let's get into running backs. I don't think it's as hard as you said. I I went through a lot of these guys, and I just want to honorable mention-wise, uh, one of the great running back seasons in Raider history was Charlie Garner in 2002. How fun was that? Mm-hmm. You know, he had 962 rushing yards, 941 receiving yards. Uh, he was unbelievable. He, he's not top three obviously but i'm going to give him an honorable mention just for that one season alone clarence davis people talk about him he's a raider legend he 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 spent most of his career blocking for guys like mark van egan he had uh, uh some great plays to see a hands ron wolf said he had hands like boards and he was the last guy on the team that should have been throwing the ball and he caught it and but what raider fans forget about the sea of hands is we won that game and knocked the great miami dolphins team out of the playoffs They'd been to the previous uh, three Super Bowls, I believe. Uh, but then, then we lose in the Immaculate Deception the next week. So, um, Clarence Davis, I'm going to give him an honorable mention. Uh, and then my last honorable mention is Bo Jackson. And only because of his lack of, of longevity with the Raiders. Who knows what would have happened. So, my top three running backs, I actually got four. I got tied for third. Marcus Allen, don't need to talk about him. He's, he's the greatest at number one. Uh uh, and then I got Clem Daniels. If you look at Marcus, well, let me go back. Clem Daniels, who was an all uh, AFL Hall of Famer in the AFL, four-time Pro Bowler. Um, Clem Daniels, I'm, I got this old yap, and it won't shut up. Sorry. Uh, Clem Daniels to me is number two. And then uh, if you look at Marcus Allen and Josh Jacobs' first four years in the league, they're almost identical. Mm-hmm. And and I've got to give Josh Jacobs up there with Marcus Allen. He's number three. I got Marcus Allen, Clem Daniels, Josh Jacobs. And then the guy who I really loved watching was Napoleon Kaufman. What would have happened if Napoleon Kaufman had played more than seven years with the Raiders? I, I think he would have had every Raider record. Um, amazing, amazing guy to watch. So that's my, those are my running backs. Uh, my fullbacks, again, I don't think it was that difficult. The Raiders took a lot of great college running backs and turned them into fullbacks. Yes. Yeah, Zach Crockett, Tyrone Wheatley, Marcel Reese was a wide receiver. Um, and, again, the things that Marcel Reese did at fullback, I don't know if anybody's ever done at that position. He was incredible. 
but my top fullbacks for the Raiders are Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan uh, played at Colgate mm-hmm. and came into the Raiders and won two Super Bowls, and he was – he was our guy on the field during those during the seventies. The other guy that actually mentored Mark Van Egan went to Colgate of all places was the great Marv Hubbard. Uh, Marv Hubbard, I've had conversations with him in the past where he said he'd march him up and down the field, he'd get his five yards, and then they'd give the ball to my number three fullback, who was Pete Banasak. Yes, Pete Banasak didn't start a lot of games. People don't realize that he wasn't uh, uh, an all-time starter, but he was a touchdown machine. And so Van Egan, Hubbard, Banasak, and then I love John Ritchie. John Ritchie had 14 carries in his entire career, the Raiders, 14 carries. But look at the things that Charlie Garner did behind him. He was an amazing blocker. He was a classic Raider with the blood mm-hmm. dripping down his face. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. Gruden used him in some really interesting ways. But I just love the way he played. He was a hard-nosed player. So those are my, uh, those Thanks, my fullbacks Chris. and my running back. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Chris can go long because Chris – Probably nailed it. Uh, Chris, well, I go back with a long way. I, I agree with him at the fullbacks. I only got a day and a half to do this. I don't know how you can have anybody other than Mark Van Egan, Pete Banaszak, and you look at Van Egan's two Super Bowls and Pete Banaszak and Marv Hubbard, but Frank Hawkins, John Ritchie, the, the list goes on and on. I mean, the, the honorable mentions that we're going to have at running back and fullback is really what I'm doing the show for another day you know from the bottom of this hour to the bottom of the hour tomorrow when i release this list best running backs and fullbacks this will be the toughest category because there's probably five or six in each category and only three can do it and then we'll have our honorable mentions just found out that the voice of the raiders jason horowitz is going to join us next so we got jason horowitz the voice of the raiders latino voice of the raiders harry ruiz and the man who covers the silver and black, Mark Anderson, from the AP, as Jimmy Garoppolo walked through the door yesterday. Monologue brought to you by PTs. The best happy hour in town. PTs, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. That's 30 minutes without a break. I'm going to take a breath. And when we come back, we'll talk to Jason Horowitz, who will join us next, I think, coming off a of vacation or back in New Jersey. We'll get his opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo reporting to camp when we continue on the flagship. Allen, and he's doing what he does best, cut back. This is what he did at SC1. He's coming out here, he sees the defense starts to spring out, so he just stops and cuts right back against the grain. And John Madden on the call in the Super Bowl. Are those guys the great voices of the NFL back in the day, and now the great voice of the silver and black currently? Jason Horowitz joins us. And uh, good to talk to you, my friend. I hope you're enjoying the summer. I hope the weather has been kind to you as you get ready for Raider season. How are you? Uh, I, I am doing fantastic. Uh, it, uh, we just got back on Saturday. Uh, you were texting me, and I was texting you back from the lovely beaches of Bermuda. My wife and I went for uh, three days to celebrate our 40th birthdays. Uh, and now I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm coming out. I'll be uh, out there this weekend ready to go. 
awesome. And I'm heading to New York for a quick family wedding. So we'll catch each other throughout the preseason. I want to jump in when you saw Jimmy Garoppolo and the news of him walking into the building. I've been telling everybody he's, he's fine for the last couple of months, but a lot of people didn't believe me. And now a sigh of relief from most Raider fans knowing Jimmy Garoppolo is good to go. Yeah, well, I, I think it's interesting, um, JT, because the, the narrative, at least from a fan's perspective, of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as opposed to Derek Carr, I think was mixed. Because I don't know how fans believe A or B, who's better, who's not. Jimmy certainly has won a ton of games. He's been to the playoffs. Like, he's done a lot, but he's also had injury issues. So the narrative then switched immediately when it was talked about you know, the foot injury, we all remember the introductory press conference that was scheduled and then postponed the next day. So I, I think the the concern over injury was was fair, but I, I saw your notes and, 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 and what you were saying as well about that he's going to be fine, he's going to be ready to go, and, and now that training camp is here and he passed his physical and he's ready to go, he's not on the pup list, I think that's great. And, and, and I think there is... I've seen a lot of different predictions about what this team's record is going to be and, and how good they're going to be or not good for that matter. And I, I think what this team could be is very up in the air. And obviously a lot depends on his health, but, but I think people are underestimating this team a little bit. Jason Horowitz is our guest. Yeah, I agree with you on that too. Every year I'm optimistic about training camp and there's new players coming in. Presumably the new players are there because the players they're replacing, they're better than or they're just moving on from players who didn't get it done. So let's start with the offense. And I think the key at this point, a lot of Raider fans are wondering if Hunter Renfro would still be here after Darren Waller was moved. We're going to act like yeah. Hunter's going to be here until we hear otherwise. To have him in one slot and Jacoby Myers in the other, with Javante, uh, Devontae on the outside and Michael Mayer, who we saw run a lot of big routes at Notre Dame, and Josh Jacobs eventually signing that franchise tag, I think that's a premier offense. How do you look at the outside weapons and how quickly Jimmy Garoppolo can get accustomed to them? I, I think it looks like a great offense. That, like, you have, you know, one of the top two or three wide receivers in the NFL. You have the guy, presuming that Josh Jacobs signs the franchise tag and, and is healthy and all that stuff and is up to speed and all those things. Um, you have the NFL leading rusher from a year ago who not only carried for that many yards, but also caught 50-plus balls. Um, and you have Jacoby Myers, who people were excited about in the offseason as, as an addition to be a really good to great number two receiver, plus Hunter Renfer, who was thought of being that, you know, heading into last season. So so you put all those together, plus I think you add the, the pieces, JT, of, of other receivers who – we don't really know which ones are going to make the team. We don't know where they're going to fit. But DeAndre Carter was really good last year for the Chargers. And and Cam Sims, you know, last year you had such a breakout year when you're talking about um, when when you talk about opportunities that guys hadn't had previously. And and he's a guy that could could fit in that role. So I I have no idea what the depth of this room is going to look like because there are so many different options. But if you're just taking the top five of the weapons for this team. Um, and even if you want to throw in six with Austin Hooper, who's been a pro bowl mm -hmm. pass catching tight end in his career, it's got the makings of something really good. Jason Horowitz, voice of the Raiders joins us.
the offensive line, uh, the strength of the offensive line is their chemistry. They're bringing back the entire offensive line, which is a good thing. That's not negative. The question is how many of those offensive linemen can be not elite, but be considered borderline pro bowlers other than Colt Miller. I don't see it. I mean, Andre James, hopefully he's getting better. Uh, We saw what happened last year with the draft and how they were able to draft and then let these guys develop. They started with six or seven to bring it down to the starters. And once those starters got comfortable, then they started playing well and they had the leading rusher. What improvements do you need to see from this offensive line that could take that group to the next level? They have to protect longer. They they didn't give up a ton of sacks statistically and and how – um, you know, how, how, in how many they gave up. But in terms of how much pressure Derek was under last year, um, that was towards the bottom of the league. So that, that has to be better. And, I, and to your point about having another year of continuity, you know, that certainly could play a role. But I don't think we should forget that, you know, when, when I joined the franchise last year, every article, JT, was about how would the offensive line be. They didn't, you know, that's the biggest storyline going into camp. Who's going to be at these positions other than Colton Miller was all up for grabs. And, and one of the names that was talked about a lot last year was Brandon Parker, but he gets hurt in camp and doesn't play all year. Well, they clearly think enough of him because they signed him off of that year. They bring him back. And so maybe if Brandon Parker was there last year and was the starting right tackle, maybe we would have a, have a different conversation about um, how, you know, how, how steady the offensive line was in pass protection. I, I, I don't know. Um, and, and I think it's fair to have that same question again. I think it's also fair to hope uh, that Dylan Parham, from you know, because he had a pretty good rookie year mm-hmm. starting all those games, that he comes in and improves even more going into year two. So continuity is part of it, and I think young players improving is the other part of it. Jason Horowitz is our guest on the defensive side. Marcus Peters, to me, is really important if they're able to pull this deal off because he starts. He doesn't come off the field. He's probably the second-best player on the entire defense behind Max Crosby. So we know that Max and Tyree Wilson and Chandler Jones give you three edge rushers who are all supposed to be really good. Spillane comes in at linebacker. Diablo's supposed to be improving. And then Epps played every game for the Eagles last year and was a productive player. If Marcus Peters is added in the next 48 hours to this team, that's one last position you got to worry about, and then we can start concentrating on the depth of the secondary instead of figuring who's going to be cornerback one and cornerback 1A. If Peters is there, then we just get to that second cornerback opposite of him, and I like that type of party. I like that type of conversation better than, hey, we got five guys and we need to find two starters with Peters. We don't have to have that conversation. Yeah. I, I, I think the other important part of this, um, you know, and, and it's been years since the Raiders have had a, a, a high number of takeaways, um, is that he is a guy that can, that can do that, right? I, you know, last year in his 13 starts, I think he had one interception, so that's a down year. But his entire career, JT, has been about making plays on the ball from the year he you know, came into the league and had eight interceptions with the Chiefs. But he's also had like, I don't, I don't know the specific exact number, but he's had four or five, maybe more than that, career interceptions for touchdowns. And, and I think that's the other part of all of this, too, is that like, not only are you looking for a corner to cover, but you also need a corner to make some big-time plays to have an impact on the game. So I... You know, again, I, I don't know. Obviously, he worked out today. The reports are Troy Hill 
also part of that. He started for the Rams last year. So they're, they're, they're clearly looking um, to, to add another piece to the guys that they have back there. Uh, who they add, that's, I guess we'll, we'll still see what happens. But I think um, you know Marcus Peters is a guy that's been a very successful Pro Bowl corner, all-pro corner in his career. And he's not like he's six years removed from that. He's only like three or four years removed from being a Pro Bowl cornerback. So maybe, maybe he's still got it. Hey, finally, Byron Young was placed on the physically unable to perform list, and he plays defensive tackle in this defensive tackle rotation. My theory has yeah. always been the same thing. It's nice to have a rotation, but if you don't have a superstar in that rotation, then you're just a bunch of guys you're rotating around because no one stands out. I really believe that Dave Ziegler's turning the corner with this defensive tackle position, getting some athletes in there, uh, more competition, and a rotation that they'll settle on that will do a better job so the edge rushers can get more attempts and more hits on the quarterback. Do you see it that way, or does that group still have a lot to prove to you? Um, well, I, I, think, I think there's a lot left to be desired from last year, and it's, it's you know, a whole new group. And just like, in, in all fairness, it's, it's, it's a new group. It was a new group last year from the group in 2021 that, that was part of that playoff team. So, um, you know, you were talking about continuity on the offensive line. I think there's some of that that needs to be part of the defensive line, too. And that's what they're, they're hoping to do, right? Like, if, if you take two defensive linemen in your first three picks, uh, you're, you're hoping that both of those guys become NFL starters, right? Uh, obviously, you're seventh overall, but you draft a third-round defensive lineman because you either hope he's going to be a starter or you hope he's got a major role on your team um, moving forward. So, you know, they clearly it wasn't just a need. It was, it was about the talent that they're drafting of those guys from, from Texas Tech and Alabama. And, and I think it's a combination of speed. It's a combination of playmaking ability. Uh, and if, if, if those things happen, then I think you do start to have the makings of what could be a good defensive line and a strength of the defense as opposed to the weakness of the defense. And I think that'd be huge. Nicely said. You know, I've been out here a long time. This 113 and 115 we had last week is hot because we didn't have a hot June. We didn't get over 90. So everybody's waiting for it, waiting for it, and then boom, it's an oven again. So you missed most of it. I know you're going to get a day or two or maybe more of it when you're here for camp. And you're still new to this Vegas thing, and you do such a great job. But dress accordingly because inside that building watching practice where the A.C. is and stepping about 10 feet out is the difference in between sitting inside the pizza oven and in the air condition. Man, it is hot out here. Get ready for it, my friend. Silly question. Can you actually feel the difference between 108 and 113? Yeah, that's the difference I've told everybody. 108 to me or 105 feels like 198. 110 feels like 105. Anything over 110 feels like the exact number. So 111, 113, 115 feels like it. And we've been floating around that, man. So you're going to have fun coming out here. But again, uh, be, be hydrated like I know you will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look forward to wearing a bathing suit inside and outside of the facility at all times. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Take care, my friend. See you, my friend. There he is. That's Jason Horowitz, voice of the Raiders. And I thought he did a really good job last year. I'm biased. I'm biased with friends and new people I meet who come into the organization. 
and uh, he did a really nice job. And you're going to be seeing more of him also on the preseason as we got some new preseason announcements coming up with the broadcast, the broadcast team, what we're going to be doing in the preseason there. Let me get to Robert in Portland. Appreciate him holding here as I can get him up. We're talking greatest running backs and fullbacks all time. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, JT, I, I have to – I loved Hewitt Dixon. He was, he was just a, a, a bully until he got hurt. He was, he was just absolutely the best fullback they ever had. And I loved Hubbard, and I loved Van Egan, but, and I loved Wheatley. Don't get me wrong. But Hewitt, when they got him from the Broncos, he just turned the whole – he turned them around. I mean, he just was remarkable. But he got hurt. That's what, you know, ended his career with the Raiders. But I, I wanted him to be mentioned above, you know, the third. I think he's the third best because Van Egan and Hubbard lasted longer. Did I lose you? I was hearing you fine. Did I, did I lose you? No, no, I'm still here. I okay. just feel that uh, Dixon should be third. Okay. If, in my opinion, although you've got Wheatley probably going to be picked by other people to be third. But as far as, you know, being a dominant, he just dominated. Look at some of the games he had against the Chiefs. The Chiefs. They were big games, and he came through because he was he could catch the ball, and, you know, and just, I mean, he's a great receiver on top of being a great fullback. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah. Again, I want to get your full list here. So we concentrated on one gentleman there. You've Dixon, and I appreciate it, but I want your three on each side, and I got a lot of people who want to call in on this. Cisco Texan, running backs. I got Marcus Clem Daniels, Tyrone Wheatley, Clarence Davis, Bo Jackson, Napoleon Kaufman. Wow, that's a pretty good list, right? If you have Bo Jackson as an honorable mention and Napoleon Kaufman as an honorable mention, that's a hell of a list. For fullbacks, he has Mark Van Egan, Pete Banaszak, John Ritchie, Zach Crockett, Marcel Reese. I think higher of Marcel Reese. I'm friends with John Ritchie and Zach Crockett. I think Marcel Reese is one of the great all-time athletes ever to play for the Raiders in the backfield. Uh, the big thing for Marcel Reese is where do I put him in as fullbacks because I don't think you can move Mark Van Egan, Marv Hubbard, and Pete Banaszak. And Pete, who's a dear friend of mine, what an honor for me to say that. I've visited Pete in Florida. I always keep in touch with Pete. He played halfback at the goal line and scored a lot of touchdowns, but he played fullback most of the time with the team. So what I've been most concerned about, not concerned, confused about, is all these guys that are considered running backs who really played fullback and the fullbacks and when they were used to play the halfback position. I'm really reaching out to a lot of people who have much more knowledge than I do on this situation, trying to separate the running back and the fullback all time in Raider history. It is not easy. I think this is the deepest category of all the positions we had right there with cornerback. Remember, we had the starting four cornerbacks that were unbelievable in Charles Woodson, Mike Haynes, Lester Hayes, and Willie Brown. And then we had to get the next four in and then the honorable mentions. But running back and fullback is really, really tough for me. There's only a couple locks. The rest of the guys you can switch out. 702-365-9200. We got Harry Ruiz coming up. And we also have Mark Anderson, who will be at training camp every day with the Raiders. I'll talk to them about Jimmy Garoppolo when we continue as we get rolling here. Uh, 702-365-9200 is the number as we continue on the flagship of the Silver and Black. 